When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. is up everyone this is the buffalo blitz right here on the buffalo facebook youtube and twitter network i am your host peter dibiase alongside my co-host lance nelson and we have a jam-packed episode for you guys final day uh or final week of otas for the buffalo bills we'll be breaking that down we'll break down the ed oliver extension We'll give you guys our thoughts on that, as well as the signing of Leonard Floyd. And as always, the comment section is open. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, drop a comment. Join the show. And if you do miss this episode, you can always rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Or listen to the podcast that comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Lance, what's, what's going on, my man? What's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, busy day, right? And uh, yeah, busy. Nice, nice day for content and uh, for the bills itself. That's uh, a pretty good day today, huh? Yeah, busy day. Busy day. Media open to for the bills today. So we got to hear from Al Holcomb for the first time. We got to hear from Ed Oliver, Brandon Bean, and Leonard Floyd, and we'll dive into all that. But before we do that, Lance sponsor who are we sponsored by and let them know what to do with it yes sir so log on to underdog fantasy either the app or the web page use promo code blitz to sign up you'll get a deposit match from 10 to 100 dollars depending on your deposit and right now best ball mania 4 is drafting so you draft um in a 12 person uh, room and then you get your team and you can get as many teams as you want into the best ball mania three million to win so if you haven't done so go log in promo code blitz and get into the largest fantasy football contest in the entire history of fantasy football yes and guys comment section is open hi bobby 
what are we doing tonight, guys? So keep the comment section open as always, like we always do. Make sure you guys follow everything built in Buffalo. So let's get right into this. Let's not waste any time because I think we got a lot to, I guess, dive into. So over the weekend, it was Saturday night because I remember because I was driving home from, or I was driving my dad home from school because I moved into my new house and my phone died and I didn't bring a charger and I fell asleep and I had my dad wake me up because he heard on the radio that Ed Oliver was signed to an extension. So the Bills extend Ed Oliver. They free up cap space. But before we get into Lance, your thoughts, I want to just do the quick breakdown of his of his deal. So yeah. the breakdown I tweeted this this morning. Four years, $68 million, 45 of that was guaranteed. A $14.75 million signing bonus. So Ed Oliver is coming home with a little bit of chunk and ch- chunk of change. Good for him. And then a 2023 base salary. Of $2.028 million. That deal, we're going to get to that in a second, also opened up $5.775 million in 2023 cash space, which helped with the Leonard Floyd deal. Lance, give me your, I guess, your initial thoughts and then maybe your thoughts now. Yeah, I think um, they're fairly similar. I was only really looking at the guaranteed money, um, even though the... Um, you know, figure out there was 68, but it was only 45 guaranteed. So once we got that, I thought it was good. I, you know, frees up some space this year, which is nice, which we promptly spent. And uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Right. But uh, I think he's part of that defensive line. They want to build, you know, Von Miller really talks about when he came here a lot about how excited he is to play next to Ed Oliver. And I don't think we got to see that fully uh, develop yet. So I think, you know, those guys are super excited for uh, this coming year. And then, you know, Ed Oliver obviously has a lot to prove. And he's come out and said um, that he's going to, you know, he plans to outplay that contract. And and then I heard Brandon Bean said he wants to get to another deal um, and get back to the table before he's done playing and, and get a second kind of either bigger contract or, you know, payday again. So I think that, uh, you know, yeah, that's – um I think it's going to be a smart move in the end for the Bills, but I but I know a lot of people were surprised that that was the move they made because I think they expected more of Daquan Jones or someone of that nature to get the deal. Well, I know, like, I don't know if we ever expected it, but I feel like the Bills, what I heard from Brandon Bean today in his presser, and I was on the media side of the presser. I, I interned at Syracuse.com, so I was listening. And, and anybody can listen to the presser. And if you missed it, you can go back and listen or go back to Buffalo on Twitter and could see all the Twitter threads I was tweeting for us and all the key points that I thought were important. Uh, I thought Brandon Bean kind of mentioned how like they thought about it last year or this time last year, and it just wasn't on the cards. And – it sounded like, for his point of view, it was always going to get done, and so did Ed Oliver. And I know John is John Robert in the chat was talking about. Did you hear his interview? I'm assuming he's talking about Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver kind of sounded kind of sounded like Ed Oliver always thought it was going to happen, like he always knew it was going to happen, and he didn't care if it happened during the summer, during training camp, during the season, during like he. Obviously, he said he didn't mind playing on the fifth-year option because he always thought he was going to sign a deal with the Bills. And we remembered this offseason, probably not that long ago, maybe a month or two months ago, there was those quote-unquote rumors about Ed Oliver 
being traded or rumored to be traded. Lance, you and I talked about this, right? Like Ed Oliver was a trade. He he clearly wasn't a trade chip, but to the media side of it and to the rumors, he was, and he never was, but we thought he was just based off what we were reading, what we were hearing. So it sounded like from Bean and from Ed Oliver's point of view in today's press conferences, and those are the two most important point of views in this whole thing, that it was always going to get done. And they just had to figure out some money, and they did. Four-year, 68 and $45 million extension. And I know people right away were like, why didn't we extend Tremaine Edmonds, right? I forgot Tremaine Edmonds' actual number, but it was in the 80s. I want to say $84 million. Lance, if you want to look that up while I'm talking, I think it was 80, just to verify, $84 million, I think. And there's a couple of reasons why this makes more sense than doing the Tremaine Emmons deal. I think the Tremaine Emmons deal would have been nice, but it's for your 72 million, 72 for your 72. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pay two premium linebackers. It just doesn't make sense when you're paying two high profile linebackers, right? Like you don't want to pay two high profile corners. Like you just don't want to do that. They're already paying some high profile safeties. You don't want to do that with the cornerback position. So uh, with the linebacker position. So if you're the bills, it kind of made a little more sense to go the defensive tackle route because you had nobody locked up at the D tackle position and you kind of got a fairly good deal on Ed Oliver's deal. There's a lot of, he's in the, not in the top 10 for Yuri salary for defensive yeah. tackle. So I guess the only thing though, just to, before I lose the thought, uh, yeah, sorry. I think why wouldn't they be able to pay to like, if they were to pay Tremaine Edmonds, I'm not and they could have drafted a DT or two in the draft no, no, no. and had them locked up. So it's they could have, but I'm not no, I'm not saying they couldn't have, like money wise. I'm saying I feel like teams don't want to pay two high profile linebackers. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think you want to yeah. I don't think you want to have so much money locked up in the same position, right? I think they want you want to turn it over a little and get some younger talent with Terrell Bernard and Doran Williams. And I think there was more of a drastic need to Ed Oliver because you don't have another guy locked up through 2024. And they're not done at the defensive tackle position, right? They might not be done this summer. There's a small, not a small, there's a good chance that Daquan Jones is locked up to another year, right? Like there's a, there's a small, there's a good chance he's locked up. And if he's not, that means we're going to be talking about in the draft come the springtime next year, defensive tackle might be the first round pick. But look, Lance, you weren't, I know you talked about this. You weren't the biggest fan of it, Oliver right away and he kind of grew on you but are you still are you still on board with the ed oliver are you are you okay with letting him walk potentially yeah i kind of was getting in the mindset of if Puna ford and daquan jones worked oh, well together that they, that they we would be able to um you know get by and see how those two perform and then get those two locked up for uh some time and just you know from an aspect of run um you know, run defense, those guys are a little bit bigger, can can stuff up more gaps and let our linebackers flow easily. So I think that my first instinct was like, okay, if he's a smaller guy, let him go. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking through all the things and I do remember Vaughn being very excited that Ed Oliver was here. Um, guys like playing with him and he plays hard. I don't think anybody ever questions his efforts. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely taking the approach here where I'm not going to go out and criticize any moves uh, right away. I want to see how kind of it goes 
as they get into the season and see even maybe just training camp too, just see how these guys are moving. I'm, you know, reading some uh, work now, uh, you know, people that write and, and uh, reading those articles and you see, you know, some of the guys that get to see these guys at OTAs right now are impressed or, or saying that they're, they're moving well. And it's, I can't wait till training camp when I can you know, get my eyes on them and see them. So I think that's uh, something that's going to be cool. There's Kenny. He's back. Kenny's back. We missed you, Kenny. Um, Kenny's yeah. Oliver's fourth out of 74 D tackles with 600 snaps since 2020 in quarterback pressures and was top 10 D tackle and run stop in last year. Oliver is solid. Might be better yeah, for sure. I saw, I know my Wi-Fi is doing some weird, funky things. Uh, Lance, you still can hear me, right? Yes, sir. Oh, my Wi-Fi is being weird. Okay, whatever. Um, I put this tweet out from, this is from Next Gen Stats. I think Kenny just mentioned this. Uh, but yeah, fourth in D tackles with pressures. He Pressure rate leaders since 2020. This was a Next Gen stat. He's fourth. The three guys ahead of him, Aaron Donald, Jonathan Howard, Jonathan Allen, and Javon Hargrave. The one guy behind him is Chris Jones. And we know Chris Jones is one of the best defense, probably the second best defensive tackle in the NFL. His sack numbers are outrageous. I think, Lance, the one thing we want to see from Ed Oliver is that sack number. He's had 14 career sacks, right? I think we might need to see a little bit more of a sack number. And Brandon Bean, I think that, it's more about having the threat that he can rush the passer rather than needing the, the defense has been still yeah. tops in the league with him not getting the numbers. And that's because that's the way it's designed. Like I get that. Like everyone wants every single position to be like tops in the league. And it's like, no, that's why it's a collectively good defense because not everyone is stuffing the stats. They're all doing their part. That's the whole point of defense. Like don't like each person is in the, in this defense is still top five in some statistical category. If you look through the stats, you know, so these, that's why the defense is so successful because they're not worrying about getting all the sack numbers. They're just worrying about eating up two blockers so that Von Miller can't get double teamed or whomever it may be. So that's the whole purpose, especially when Von Miller goes out. Now Ed Oliver is the primary target for those um, offensive linemen. And even when he was there, I was watching the Rams game back and Ed Oliver was getting double teamed all the time. He's getting chipped by the guard, pushed into the tackle or chipped by the center, pushed into the guard. One of those two, th- you know, every yeah. play it's, it's so I think like I get that everyone wants the those numbers, but it's like and Aaron Donald still gets that treatment too, and he does produce, but he's not you know playing on necessarily his defenses aren't necessarily top five every year, like collectively. No, and I think Puna Ford and Daquan. I think I said we said this a couple weeks ago. I think Ed Oliver having Puna Ford or Daquan Jones next to him at all times is going to be. I guess very important for him, and it's going to make his life a little easier. He's always had to deal with, like Lance, what he just said, with the double teams. You go back and watch that LA game against the Rams, and he's th- he's gone going against double teams, right? And I think when you have Daquan Jones or Puna Four next to him at all times, he's not going to have to deal with those double teams as much. Kind of opens it up a, a little more, in my opinion. Kenny's Kenny said, right on with this. I like this. We haven't had the DNs to keep keep the quarterback in the pocket for Oliver to Oliver to get sacks. A healthy Miller, Floyd, and Rousseau can change that though and let Oliver get sacks. Yeah, 
Sandman's coming in, agreed, understands with plenty of effort, hoping for better results. I think when we talk about better results, I think we need I, I think we do need to see a little bit of an uptick in the sacks, though. I, I just think I think the pressure I hope is, we do. Yeah, I mean yeah. obviously you want yeah. as many well, as you yeah. can from each, yeah. from each guy, but yeah, so I think it's it's uh, goes without saying you you do want the production to match the payday now, but um you know, you got two, you got Von Miller and at all, we're making decent money. Leonard Floyd's making decent money yeah. as well. Let's, let's get so, to him, Lance. You know, let's get it. to him. The Bills sign edge rusher Leonard Floyd yesterday morning, and we're going to toot our own horns. Last week, we had Ryan Tappet on, Buffalo Bills beat reporter covering for the Bills for Syracuse.com and New York Upstate.com. And we told we, I asked him, are the Bills done? in the edge rusher market. And he said, no, he says, he mentioned, he said, he didn't think so. He, Yannick Ngakwe, Frank Clark, Justin Houston. And then he said, Leonard Floyd. And that kind of sparked both Lance and I's interest. I put this on Twitter. We both mentioned his sack number, how he jumped. Lance mentioned how he jumps right ahead of Basham, Epinets and Lawson and sits right with Rousseau and Von Miller. I mentioned his sacks, nine sacks this past year, nine and a half sacks the year before with the Rams and he did, he signed with the bills. So Ryan Tabot was spot on kind of gave us a quick little quick shout out Lance on Twitter yesterday. That was kind of cool. Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. And Leonard Floyd's one year deal with the bills. It was a signing bonus of $5.835 million. Once again, gets a pretty nice signing bonus salary of 1.165 million guaranteed incentives up to 2 million max value. 9 million and his cap for 2023 is 2.6 million dollars. Lance, what were your initial thoughts on the Leonard Floyd deal? Yeah, it's kind of like nailed it, right? That's just yeah. cool. Um it was it was a good episode and I felt good about that DN discussion particularly as we were going through it. And and Floyd just made too much sense because as you go through you see, you know, being mentioned in his conference too that, you know, Vaughn kind of came up and gave that final nudge so to speak, to being, you know, in my read of the situation, how to play out, they were already talking back and forth. Um, Vaughn says, Hey, you know, this is legit. Um, you know, get the deal done if you want it. And basically, and, and Bean goes and, and makes it happen. So uh, shout out to Terry Pagula because he is doing a fantastic job giving Brandon Bean the flexibility to do all this stuff with the cap, because without Pagula willing to spend the money, like that signing bonus. Now he's got to write a $5 million check right now. Gula does. Right? Yeah. And with He's, that Oliver, like, yeah. and that Oliver, and, and, and he just so, so this week, I mean, Pagula is just handing out money, Basically millions 19, of dollars. Million he, yeah. This roster, as, as good as Brandon Bean is with all these numbers and things, the best thing that Brandon Bean is, is persuasive with ownership. And, and maybe he doesn't need to be because maybe ownership's already just on board with like, hey, do your business and then we'll write the checks. But you don't know what that dynamic is. But either Brandon Bean's super persuasive or Terry Pagula is really generous and, and really putting it all into this team. And he put his put his money where his mouth is there. You know, he's given this town, um, you know, hopefully a chance consistently to be a contender and. In return, you know, we're kind of helping pay for the stadium, so to speak, as yeah. as a as a side. So it's kind of like you know, this stuff's all going on at once. It's just super cool to see. But I just want people to know that, like, without a without an owner willing to do this and w- willing to 
to write these checks and have this, um, you know, open-minded and, and, and let Brandon Bean really work, it, this wouldn't be successful. And that's why you see organizations or GMs as good as they may be fail so oftentimes is because they're not able to make these moves because they don't have the flexibility with ownership to leverage certain things that might relieve a cap space. So these bonuses really help obviously lessen the cap hit for year to year. And that's, and that's a big deal for Terry people to be doing that and, and allowing Brandon being the flexibility. And yeah, Von Miller was very crucial in the recruitment of Leonard Floyd. They played together two years ago on the same edge. Leonard Floyd had nine and a half sacks that year and they won the Super Bowl. So this is some of the things I took away from the press conference today. They asked one of the media members, asked Leonard Floyd, we got to hear Leonard Floyd today for the first time, what did Von pitch to you about the Bills? Leonard Floyd just said, Super Bowl ring. Uh, he also talked about, he he reached out to Von a couple weeks ago because he knew the Bills were interested, and he knew it was a mutual interest, interest between both teams, uh, both uh, between Leonard Floyd and the Bills. And he said he got the inside details of the staff and how the team is from Von Miller. And then he also talked about his and him and Von Miller's relationship, uh, why they clicked together. And he says the belief we had in each other. And then he also added, because we don't know when Von Miller potentially will be back, no later than week six. We don't know if he'd be back for week one or sometime in the beginning half of the season. He says, or Leonard said, I plan on being a big dog until the big dog comes back. So we know Vaughn and obviously Leonard Floyd have a, a very good relationship with each other. It's one of the reasons he's here. He also said he took less, or he didn't say it, but he did take less money to come play for Buffalo. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and that was one of his main, or win another Super Bowl, and that was one of his main driving forces. He still got a pretty hefty contract at this point of the summer. We're in June right now. He got a $9 million contract, or up to $9 million, but it's a one-year deal. It's a prove-it year, and this makes this defensive line unreal. We're talking about fully healthy. You have Von Miller, you have Gregory Rousseau, and you have Leonard Floyd off the edge. Don't forget AJ Ampanetzer or Boogie Basham. I expect one of them to be potentially moved. It might make more sense for AJ Ampanetzer to be moved because he is a free agent after this year. Boogie Basham has a little more team control, and we know how the Bills like team control. But then you also have up the middle, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Puna Ford, uh, and Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips. This is probably the best defensive line we've seen maybe since the, the cold front when we had uh, Marcel Darius and Mario Williams and Kyle Williams before Rex Ryan came in and ruined that whole thing. So before that, this is one of the best defensive lines beans put out and it's unreal. And Lance, well, what are your thoughts on how good this line can be? Yeah, obviously um, just deep line with the rotation that they use and they, they're not going to go away from it. I think, you know, Bean mentioned it in his conference too, that they're still looking to, you know, rush with a rotation and keep guys fresh. So he said this move didn't have anything necessarily to do with Vaughn's return. And I think that, he reiterated today that Vaughn's that the the schedule and the plan has been for Von Miller to return week one, and that's all I'm hearing, and that's what I'm listening to. And everyone can hate me; they always they have already have been on Twitter saying he's not going to go week one. That's fine. He's not really being rushed. That's his plan. His whole plan since he got surgery was to be back for week one. That's the the regiment that he put forth in his mm -hmm. rehab and everything else. His plan is to 
uh, be good to go week one. Brandon Bean reiterated that. He also says, you know, that if Von Miller is ready to play, he's going to play. And not those words, but from what I take away from what Bean's saying in his press conference is they're not going to look to sit him out if Von's ready to go, he's going to go. And so I think it's just uh, it's good to have guys that Von's comfortable with, even whether he plays or not. When he plays across from Floyd, they're going to click, obviously. It'll be kind of fun to see if Rousseau kicks over to Vaughn's side and yeah. rushes a little bit from that side, too. I'm interested to see that. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's an exciting move. Just get the best football players here that we can get. We talked about this even with uh, Hopkins, right? We said just give us give us the most talented wide receiver room when we were talking about Hopkins. So it's the same here. Give us the, the most talented defensive lineman. And we'll figure out to, how to get him enough snaps to be effective. I think that's a great Kenny, problem to have. Kenny's asking, have you heard anything or seen or seen anything about Shane Ray, how Shane Ray has looked? I just heard just from people talking like Shane Ray, like it's a cool story, that type of thing. The problem with Shane Ray is I don't see a path to the roster, right? I just don't know where he fits in, right? Like if you think they bring five edge rushers, right? Like that's what they are going to bring. You have Vaughn, you have Rousseau, and you have Leonard Floyd all locked in, right? And then you would say it was a, it's a battle, and we're going to get to that in a second, between AJ Ampanenza, Boogie Basham, and Shaq Lawson for two spots. I don't know how Shane Ray really throws himself in that, right? I just don't see it. I think Shane Ray, Kenny, is a practice squad candidate. I think he's going to be on the practice squad. I think he'll give you depth at the practice squad. I like the name. I know we know the name because he was a former first-round pick, and he had an up-and-down career for the Broncos, and that's why he's currently on the Bills right now. I just don't see a path to a 53-man roster spot. And Lance, let's get into that. What? Who is the odd man out on the D-line? And I think the odd man out we'll probably be talking about on the edge because I think still think the D-tackle position is probably settled with Puna Ford, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips, unless they only keep four. But I know they kind of like to keep five there. But let's talk about the edge, Lance. Five edge rushers is what they've always kept. Who are your five right now? We're talking Von Miller fully healthy. Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau, and then you have A.J. Epnesa, who was really kind of turned it on a little bit last season, I believe. So I think that you're going to have him as your fourth. And then I really like the idea of trading Basham and keeping Lawson. Uh, Lawson was more productive last year, made more of an impact. Um, and then obviously, you know, guys like Shane Ray can go on the practice squad. And uh, maybe we can call Sugar Ray and see if he's uh, – Still able to move a little bit there. Our guy, Woody Not Funny Sports in the house, Matt, coming in. So he'd rather have Sugar Ray than Shane Ray. So I don't know if he's talking about the boxer or uh, the singer. Lance, I dis- we, you and I agree on a lot of things, I would say, when it comes to our Bills takes. And that's why I think the show works well. We're not a debate show. We're kind of just going back and forth. I disagree with you, right? I, I think Leonard Floyd's a lock. I think Vaughn and Russo are locks, right? I think Boogie Basham's a lock to this roster. I think because of his control for another year, I think they like that. I think they I don't think he's an extension candidate, right? Like I don't think him and Ebenezer are at all. But I think 
if you trade Basham, right, for a fifth or a sixth round pick, then going into next year, you're probably not re-signing Empanenza, and you just lost Basham as well. You kind of depleted, and you lose Floyd as well. Mm-hmm. Unless you bring Floyd back, and you don't have Shaq. <laughs> so I feel like you really... Either deplete- way, that's happening, right? But it doesn't happen if you keep Basham, because then you have Basham on the roster. I'm not saying that's a yeah, great right, thing. Right. It just gives you a little more depth at the position instead of having to go retool basically the whole defensive end position. So Still I think got Kingsley Jonathan back there, right? You do. You do. I think Shaq Lawson's the odd man out. Oh, okay. But I do I, – the problem is they like what Shaq brings, the veteran leadership, the guy that's been here. He's good against the run. productivity at this point. You know, the pro- right? the I, problem I mean, I get it. At that point, you have Von Miller, right? Rousseau's been here. Epinetz's been here. If, if he's like, I don't care about the leadership there, right? Like, right. Daquan Jones, you have like, you have enough leaders on this defense. Milano, Poyer, Hyde, White, right? There's no need to keep a guy because he's a leader. So I think Shaq's the odd man out. I think it's hard to part ways with Epinetz because he had six, six, and what is it, six? And, I think he had six and a half snacks, sacks okay. last year, right? Like, that's. That's pretty productive. Like if he's your fourth edge rusher at six and a half sacks, that's not bad at all. So I think it's going to be Vaughn, Russo, Leonard, Empanenza, and Basham. Yeah, I like the, you know, this was kind of my point. I think Boogie's going to be a little bit easier to trade because he does have that control. I guess that's true. But I think you might get a little more capital for Empanenza. Maybe. I just, I see it in a part where, where I think if you're trading, Basham, you're not looking at the big picture of the Bills roster. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking Basham makes more well, sense. Let's some draft another one next year, right? And that's what they want. Yeah, they want but to just draft defensive ends. Is being afraid of, not afraid, but like one, we haven't really hit well besides Rousseau and the edge rusher drafting. And we're going to probably have to draft a D tackle in the first or, or, or either round one or early day two, no matter what they do. Even if they, even if they extend Daquan, you still have to go get a D tackle on day one or day two next year. So I think there's a little more chance they keep uh, Basham over Abinets. I think they keep both, right? I think Shaq's the guy out. I think Shaq's Lawson's the odd man out. I, it would be hard. It would hard for me to part with Abinets because I still think he has product been productive this past year with six and a half sacks. And I agree, if you, yeah. if he's your fourth edge rusher, that's not bad. And I think Basham with an extra year of control, and maybe they don't want to give up on Basham yet. I think they usually give up on guy that's going into the last year of their contract, right? Like Cody, uh, Cody Ford, or I guess Zach Moss, they gave up on. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys. I guess they didn't give up on Tremaine Emmons and they didn't trade. You know what I mean? They didn't like give up on Tremaine Emmons. They would have loved to have Tremaine Emmons back. So I still think Empanence is probably out before Basham is, but I still think Shaq's the guy out. Yeah, I think he's just been more productive, so I would like to see them go production, but I totally understand your point where you're coming from. It definitely makes sense if they keep Basham and let Shaq go because they just, you know, he was kind of the last to sign anyway, you know, this summer out of those guys. So maybe he already, you know, maybe they were looking at getting something done before they signed him anyway. So, you know, it makes sense that Lawson would be out. I just think that he could outperform Basham and you want to have the best players possible, you know, could – I don't know if Shaq Lawson's necessarily a guy that's going to go sit on your practice squad or anything. You know, you, you think, think Shaq Lawson gets picked up? 
I'm not sure if he gets picked up, but I even well, if he's on our I, practice squad initially, I don't think he stays there. Very I got a question, right? To the Bills or to somebody else? Are, are you? Are you? How big of a difference production-wise is a Shane Ray, a Kingsley Jonathan, and a Shaq Lawson? Like, I don't see a big enough like sack or production, right? To like keep to justify and keeping Shaq over Basham or Benenza. Maybe not on the pass rush side, no. I think it uh, in the run game definitely helps to have Lawson. I don't know what those other guys can really do yet. They haven't proven themselves. Rousseau's a good edge. Give us, but, yeah, no, Rousseau's definitely a good run defender. But wait, where, where, Shaq wait, Lawson was kind of in that. You know? Where is Shaq seeing the field? You know what I mean? It's going to be on rundowns, basically. You know, I don't know, like, like just taking Rousseau, Vaughn, or Leonard Floyd off the field is tough, right? And I think I just don't see a path to Shaq Lawson being productive this year. And that's why I think he's probably the odd man out on the edge rusher uh, competition. Do we see, do you see them keeping five defensive tackles or four? I'm thinking five. Um, what did they do last year? I thought so they five. kept four last year because they just had Phillips and maybe they like brought it was, it was Jordan Phillips. Daquan at Oliver and Tim Settle, right? So it was four. Yeah, just those four. Yeah. And then they kept five edge. So are we are we let's say let's say they do exact let's say they do exactly what they did last year. And every year is not the same, right? They're gonna one position is gonna get one more guy because they just can't cut this guy. But let's say for the sake of it, because we're in June right now, we're not even at mandatory minicamp until next week, Lance. If they keep four defensive tackles, who's the four? Um it's definitely going to be obviously Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Kuna Ford, and then I, I would like to say settle over Phillips just because of the health. But um, honestly, I'd like to just see DJ Dale beat both of those guys out, and we can get rid of both of them and just have the you know have I think the rookie come Dale's play. probably the practice squad guy. Yeah, he's going to be. But so I, settle I just, so for the underdog would, kind of mentality, you know? Yeah, would you say settle right now over? Phillips yeah, settles my pick over Phillips. Yeah. I think, could you stash Phillips on the practice squad? I don't think so. I don't think he either. I think people would try to sign him. I don't think you can stash settle at all either. No, I don't think I so. would I say settle with Daquan and Oliver and Puna, but their case for Jordan Phillips is that he's, a pass rusher, defensive tackle. Well, how healthy is he? That's what we need to know, right? Obviously, they know his medical, so if they're very comfortable with he the way probably, he's... He might give you a little more, right? Do you need yeah. Tim Settle if you already have Puna Ford and Daquan Jones, which kind of do exactly what Tim Settle does? Yeah, it's purely for the health medical. reasons. That's what I said. You know, I said, you know, it's... it's. I want to have the best availability, and that's Settle, okay? Because I want to have, like, I at least know what I'm getting from Settle, and... You know, he's pretty consistent and state has stayed healthier than Phillips has. So, yeah, the product like the high end ceiling production is probably there for Phillips, but mm -hmm. it's a risk because he can get hurt and then you're going to lose um, your guy. Then you have to go to a DJ. Like, who do you have behind Settle and Phillips? Now, if one of those guys goes down, it's probably someone like DJ Dale or I don't, you know, if they got rid of Brandon Bryant. Brandon Bryant's yeah. no longer a Buffalo Bill. Uh, it would be Eli Anku, probably. Okay, there you go. So, Eli Anku or, yeah, Eli Anku or DJ Dale, because two other guys that I'm reading are Cortez Broughton and Kendall Vickers. I'm 
just gonna pull up the roster real quick and so I'm gonna pass on those guys. There. So it's DJ Dale or I I like Eli Anku. I, I think yeah, he's. I mean, I think he's always, he he's always around. Rather have, I'd rather have Tim Settle. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, if they go four, it's like Daquan, Ed, Puna. I guess it's either Settle or Phillips, right? I would like to keep five, but I don't know. What do you think? Four? Yeah, I, I would hope to keep five on the on the D tackle does, spot. But does it make like sense? Have that. Just, we but we yeah, have, we're not working at the entire roster. Like I'm not picturing the entire roster. Yeah, I'd have to do the numbers for right for sure. Yeah, so I think yeah, John, John, if it's gonna be between John, Settle and Phillips, I'm gonna definitely go um, and choose Settle because of the health. Like I said, so. that's the problem, right? Like I think Phillips has, I think Phil fits better on to what the Bills want out of that fourth defensive tackle spot, but the injuries with Phillips and it's just it played them in the beginning of his, with the Bills and then with the Cardinals and then it. Played them last year, right? Like we didn't get a lot of Jordan Phillips, but we know what we can get out of Phillips when he's healthy. It's just he is always injured. Kenny's like, I'll take Justin Zimmer over both of them. I don't know if I'll take Justin Zimmer over Tim Settler, Jordan Phillips. Uh, but Justin Zimmer was always a nice, cool little story, and the injuries kind of played Justin Zimmer. But yeah, it's a, it's it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch a mandatory minicamp, and then obviously we get to see John Fisher in July to watch training camp and see what those guys can bring. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think that, um, yeah, I'm just reading a little bit through uh, your guy Perino's article too, and he's saying that Tim Settle did flash yeah. some pressure at uh, minicamp or OTAs today. So I think that, um, you know, I don't think that Tim Settle's unable to rush the passer. I just think, you know, obviously Phillips is better at it, has the better ceiling for it. But I think in the end, um, the best ability is availability, and that is what wins out for me my personal evaluation of a roster, but I guess, you know, everyone has different ways of going about it and you'd love to keep all five if you can, you know, trim a spot somewhere else. So it would be definitely a good for their rotation to have five on five D uh, tackles and five DNs um, and go through that. But, you know, again, it's, uh, you got to pick your spots. That's why there's a 53 man roster construction and, um, what makes it interesting yeah and i heard today and i read today that the defensive line had a, a stout day that, that they were very efficient today and you look that defensive line is dangerous right that's a very talented defensive line that didn't even have von miller at otas today so yeah i think and another thing we'll, we'll keep going to otas final thought of otas uh i heard or read from perino he said buy your deontay hardy stock I'm going to read the quick blurb, he said. He said, there wasn't any specific play that needs to be recapped, but Hardy, with the ball in his hands, has been electric during camp. He had two catches during practice, and both times it's easy to envision what it's going to look like in a game. He has quick feet and is always open. Dorsey can get extremely creative with how he deploys Hardy, and he can do many different things for the offense. Khalil Shakir had a great catch late in Team Joe's when he found some open space working against Christian Bedford. Allen threw in a perfect pass for one of the best offensive plays of the day. So Shakir, I threw in a little bit of Shakir as well. Uh, or he threw in a little bit of Shakir. But Lance, any thoughts on Deontay Hardy? Yeah, it's exciting to hear that. I think it's really cool to um, have um, that guy, you know, Hardy flashing early and often and just not needing any certain one play to stand out. It's just a, a consistent kind of 
awing performance and just his pure presence and speed and the way he flows it sounds like is really impressive to Perino. So I, I think that's good to hear. I think it's a, a solid uh, start to OTAs. And like I say, I can't wait to see it um, live myself out at, at a training camp at St. John Fisher. I'm excited to see what the Bills do with that receiving core outside of Davis and Diggs. Right? I think there's a lot of different skill sets with Sherfield, with Shakir, with Hardy, even Kincaid. I'm going to throw Kincaid in there. Uh, they said Kincaid had another nice day. And, and uh, let's find the Kincaid thing. Don Kincaid makes offensive play of the day. The prettiest throw and catch of practice happened near the end of the day when Allen locked in on Kincaid, who was running open down the middle of the field. The quarterback looped a dime to his new tight end, and Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer couldn't get the ball thrown to Kincaid fast enough to affect the play. Kincaid likely scores in the game on what was just a perfectly executed offensive play. And that was going against Milano and Poyer over the top, right? Like those are two of our best defensive players on the team. Kincaid's going to be a difference maker, right? Like you're going to have Knox, obviously. And we said Sherfield, we said Hardy, we said Shakir, obviously Diggs and Davis, but Kincaid is going to be an absolute difference maker. And I'm excited to see what the Bills are going to do with Kincaid. And Dorsey said last week after our show, basically like they don't know what they're officially going to do with Kincaid yet. And people lost their absolute minds. And I think people need to take a step back and be like, first of all, we're in OTAs. And that was the second week of OTAs. Now we're in the third week of OTAs. We're not even at mandatory minicamp. And Ken Dorsey's not going to put on a platter exactly what they want to do with Don Kincaid. Like, I think. And yeah, what do you want the guy to say? Do you, do you want the guy to say <laughs> the Jets can write down for week one? This is exactly what we're doing, Kincaid. We're going to line him up here, here, and here. We're going to run this play, this play, this play, this play. Like, some. I'm now I'm taking a shot at Bills fans, and we're Bills fans. Love it. But, but sometimes, love like, like, guys, like, look at yourself in the mirror, man. Like, are we, are we seriously like saying like you want Ken Dorsey to tell you exactly what he's supposed to be doing? Like, no. And they're still figuring out, obviously. He's a rookie. Yeah. Like, it's OTAs. We're not even, not everyone's even there because it's voluntary. So, oh, yeah. you got to see what he can do on the field, too. You got an idea. You got an idea of what do you want, what do you want to see? But it's like, you know, you don't always know uh, how that transitions to the, to the field. So, you like I, to I see just, it, you I, know, I, just I like Deontay Hardy. Is fluid and impressive play yeah. after play consistently. Dor- That's what you have to figure out. You have to see that and see where it can fit in. John's right. Like Dorsey has never coached Trent Sherfield before, or Deontay Hardy, or Damian Harris, or Dalton Kincaid. Right? Like he's never coached these guys before. If you like, Lance, you just started a new job, right? Do you? Yeah. Is it? I'm not saying it's not going smoothly, but there's a learning curve, right? I came in and worked on a high profile. Oh my God. God, you get what I'm saying. But if you're starting a new job and you have a new boss, right? Like you're not, not everything's just going smoothly right away. Or you're not like, Oh, you're not buddy, buddy right away with the boss. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, yeah, everything's definitely. new. It's a new thing. It's a new thing for Kincaid. So they're endorsed. They're learning everything. Josh Allen's new. Like he's never thrown a Kincaid before. Same. And it's a rookie, right? Like at least Hardy and Sherfield are coming in, having played multiple years in the NFL. So it's a little different. They know exactly what to expect. So I think it's a good thing with Kincaid, how he's showing off because he's going to be thrown right into the mix right away with the offense. So it's kind of cool to see what uh, he can do for the Bills. And John, you're right. Yeah, minicamp starts. I believe it's June 11th. I believe that's. I'm, the I'm a veteran now, so that's why. Like, I'm a Leonard Floyd coming into my new job. 
whereas you know someone like you you'd be kind of more of like a Dalton Kincaid going into a new job fresh like my internship week and a half ago right like I was producing the shout and I'm writing articles and me I was talking to Matt Perino my boss Matt uh, Perino last night and he was like walking me through some things and like teaching me some things about some articles and like what to do here because I'm only 22 and I'm warning so yeah I would say that's probably more I'm more of the rookie and you're more of the Deontay Hardy Trent Sherfield is that a fair that's fair, fair assumption yeah, so June 13th, I believe it's what it is, and that would be next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So that would that would make some logical sense. Yeah, keep with the comment. I can't wait because Stefan Diggs will be here and everyone can shut up oh about Diggs not being here. He'll be here when it, it would make the show a little interesting next Tuesday, Lance, if he's not here. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that. But for, for the show ratings and comments and make make it a little interesting for our sanity as Bills fans and our one goal and our one desire is for the Bills to win. We want him to be there next Tuesday for a mandatory minicamp. So Lance, as we're getting to minicamp and then we're going to get to training camp, the battles are going to kind of start picking up. Give me what what what's one battle that maybe it's key in your eye. Um, there's so many fun things, but I'm going to stay in the trenches because I think the offensive line is going to be really interesting with, um, the way like Colin Cowherd was out there talking about the offensive line still isn't there and all this stuff, but it's like, we just went out and spent all this money on offensive linemen. Like we got McGovern, we have Bates and we have Edwards. We have all these guys to come in and compete. We drafted Osiris Torrance. So we have four guards to make up two spots one of those guys obviously Bates can play center if Morse doesn't for whatever for whatever reason if yeah. Morse isn't able to play and then we also brought in Brandon Shell on top of Spencer Brown to solidify the right tackle so like Dawkins is really good Morse has been pretty good as long as he's healthy so I mean I don't see how you can say they didn't address the the offensive line and they can still afford a defensive lineman why wouldn't they go get him like i just i don't understand people having this perspective i know they're out there to get people like me mad and, and try to get more ratings and get their name said and that's kind of the whole thing about it but it's just it's Listen annoying to, to hear it because yeah it's like it's it's annoying to hear it because well, they absolutely did uh invest in their offensive line and i can't wait to see how that shakes out to the best five offensive linemen through, through i like Colin Cowherd. I actually not one of the people that don't dislike him. Like I listen, I watch him as when I'm I, my internship right now is remote, so I'm like just sitting on my kitchen table with the TV, like working and all that stuff. But I also have the TV on in the background, and I like listen to the to his show. But I don't agree with everything, and I think he does. He's a very good with metaphors, very knows how to promote himself and all that stuff. And credit to him, he's made a great career out of that, and he makes a ton of money. So credit to him, but. It's a, it, this is like everything, right? You got to do your own research. If it comes to politics, it comes to news, if it comes to sports, you always want to do your own research, in my opinion, to get the best answer. And that's not not everyone does that. And that's why we have divide. And that's why we have people disagreeing on like Colin Coward not doing his full research, right? And he's not researching that the bill is brought in Connor McGovern, and that he's the 15th best uh, blocker according to PFF, right? Like that's his producer's job. He doesn't have the time that. So if you want to get the full focus just on the Bills, Built on Buffalo. Listen to us every Tuesday. Listen to Izzy on Sundays. Listen to the sit-down on Thursdays. Listen to when Dave comes back, when A. Rich comes back, right? 
listen to the Bills Chat podcast on Friday nights. Listen right. to all the podcasts, right? On the Built and Buffalo podcast network, the Witty Not Funny Sports podcast, right? Listen to that. Time listen with T. Yes, um, time with T. Thursday listen afternoons, I think. Yeah, listen to T with on uh, T on Thursdays on Facebook and in all the podcasts. So listen to the t- the people that are talking about your team, right? If you just want to get a broad topic about the NBA finals, go pop on Colin Coward on a Tuesday, right? Like that's what you want to do. So he's not going to talk about Connor McGovern, right? Because that is that bringing ratings if he brings in talks about Connor McGovern? No. So I agree. I think the oh yeah, I agree. The O line position, the guard position battle is interested. I still think it's a McGovern Torrance Torrance battle to lose, right? I think those are the two front runners. Did you Spencer Brown at right tackle is interesting, right? Does Brandon Shell give him a little nudge to the starting job? I don't know, but it could. I think uh, Shell's gonna beat him for it. You think Shell's <laughs> gonna my beat opinion. him? Yeah. Middle linebacker. Unless he, unless he takes a big step. I mean, he's gonna need he needs some work. It gave like him a good push. Know, was, it's a good we need this. We need Brown. Yeah. We don't need Spencer Brown to come in and be he already knows in the back of his mind. Like David Questenberry's not beating me out because he didn't beat me out last year. Right? right. So it gives Spencer Brown maybe the urge, like, I gotta play better. I gotta step my game up. Or he doesn't, and Brandon Shell steps in. So, middle linebacker is going to be interesting, right? We know. Is it Dorian Williams? I heard Red Terrell Bernard uh, Prino was telling me tonight that he had a really good day Yeah, today at practice. I don't know if he slides in a middle linebacker, but Terrell Bernard's starting to be a little more noticed. So, who wins that middle linebacker job alongside Matt Milano? That cornerback two job, very interesting. Brandon Bean mentioned Kyrie. He was asked about Kyrie Elam today, and he said, Elam was working all offseason. He came in early. He was going through all the reps, and Elam looks very good. But, and Bean also mentioned, and he said this for every position, we're not just going to hand you the job. Like, that's not how that how this works. And he said, Elam showed a lot of promise on the field last year. He made a lot of good plays, but sometimes in practice, he kind of shied, shied away from that, and he wasn't as good in practice. So, Bean wants Elam to kind of come full circle this offseason this, for mini camp and then for training camp. I also still think at the cornerback two position, it's still going to be Kyrie Elam. Christian Bedford's not going to make it easy. We know what Dane Jackson is. I, if they have to go to Dane Jackson, it's not going to be a problem. But I don't think Dane Jackson's in the running for cornerback two. I think he's more of the depth piece for this year. I think it's Benford or Elam, but I do think Elam gets that job at the end of the day. Lance, do you like that position battle uh, opposite of Trey White? You know what? I was just going to say, Alex Austin comes in and plays well. Dane Jackson might not be on this team. If, yeah. You know, if, I, I don't, don't know think it's Dane necessarily Jackson. going to happen. But the but the way, I mean, Dane Jackson himself was a seventh rounder, right? So the way Alex Austin is is heralded and kind Is Dane Jackson recorded, seventh or on UDFA? Dane Jackson was a seventh round pick. Okay. Keep um, going, sorry. So Alex Austin comes in. And if he can make a push, you know, they they get younger at the position. Um, they obviously have Dane there for the depth because you know what he is and you would like to just put Alex Austin on the practice squad for a year and let him develop. But if he comes in like Christian Benford did last year, um, like Dane Jackson has done from his seventh round uh, spot, I think you can make a, a case that all the CBs behind Trey White are battling it out for, for roster positions. and. It's going to be exciting to watch that that cornerback battle for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Dane Jackson. I'm not saying he's a lock to make the roster, but I think they like what they have him. If they have to Probably. get, if they have to uh, go to him, 
but I think Alex Austin, Alex Austin's going to have to make a pretty incredible effort. Well, I think Alex Austin's intriguing if you think end of the roster does he get like the 52nd spot or the 53rd spot or is he a high priority practice squad because they took him in the seventh round, but he also f- plays a zone scheme at Oregon State and the Bills are known to run more of a zone scheme. I still DF Forever's coming in saying he Elam's a lock to win the cornerback too. I wouldn't say he's a lock. But I would put my set like 80, 85% chance right now that Elon wins that job. But I think Benford's a hell of a player. And Benford being your third corner or Dane being your third whatever, right? Like that's a good cornerback room we have opposite of Trey White, in my opinion. And with Trey White, because everything you're hearing about Trey White out of OTAs is that he looks like the old Trey White, not the Trey White we saw last year. So it's a good thing. Uh, I think the Bills cornerback rooms in a really good position. I think the Bill's safety rooms in an incredible position. I think we have to talk about the more Hamlin and the show Lance. Uh yeah for sure. Oh let's see let's see what let's see what's uh Kenny's asking. Is rant is rap and Hamlin walk to be the backup safety and Marlon on the practice one? Yeah. Right. I would say it's pour your hide rap and Poyer Hyde rap and then let's see. Um Ham well Hamlin I might be on the about- pump. I think that no Hamlin can't go on the pump because he doesn't have a proce- he, he's fully cleared now. Oh, I think I, there's no way they're cutting Demar Hamlin. Right. I don't. There's oh my, uh, just for the presence. Well, there's no well, way. There's no it's, way. Then the Bills are never gonna, I guess, keep a guy on the roster for the PR hit. This guy, this season, they are. You're ruining. Like he's your fourth safety. He's better than Dean Marlowe. Unless he just seriously can't go in, and like if he well, then, physically is unable to go in and play a game, like that. Could you? Could maybe, you? But. You're not going to know that injury? until he gets the pass. Could you, de- could you designate an injury with that yeah. if he's like – Exactly. So you but he just it. can't start on pump. If he gets hurt between now and, and the camp, you know, if he gets hurt next week, let's say, in, in mini camp, mandatory mini camp somehow or whatever. Like they, they did check on him even today, I heard, after yes. a, uh, a breakup in the secondary there. They checked on him and he was able to return. So they're going to keep it. But as – I mean, as long as he's physically able, which right now he's physically yeah, yeah. able, he's which forward. is a great thing. It's a great thing, and he he wore a helmet today. He was he's been doing individual drills for the first two weeks of OTAs. Today on day three, he was doing team drills, which is a great oh, sign that he's probably yeah. okay. Yeah. He's also when no, he, he is he, he he was pretty good last year. Like he wasn't incredible football terms at safety, but he was. Okay, and I think if he was our third safety at fully healthy without what happened last year, we would be okay with that. He's going to come in and be our fourth safety. He's not. Yeah, he was a full practice. Safety thing. four, he's perfectly fine for what oh my God, yeah. that is. You know, I think, you know, we'll see if he returns right back to playing that way. It seems like his mentality is pretty good if he's out there. And, but he also and doesn't have to be. To... He's not going to be asked to do a ton right away, Lance. You oh, right, I mean? exactly. Like you have, yeah. you have Taylor Rapp, teams, which is who can start on t- – like Taylor Rapp can start on a half – he started on a Super Bowl team two years ago. Yeah. On the Super Bowl Rams, right? And you have Hyde and Poyer. So I, I like, yeah, we, yeah, we're seeing in the comments a couple of people. Yeah, I said DeMar Hamlin was a full participant in practice that he's doing team drills. The last two weeks he's been doing individual drills. He's ramped up the team drills with the helmet on. So he'll be probably good to go next week for mandatory minicamp, which is great to where we were in January. It's an incredible step to DeMar Hamlin. I want to applaud you. Uh, Lance, you wearing a Demar Hamlin jersey right now? Is that what number three is? Yep, I got the Hamlin jersey on. Right nice, now. I got mine. I should have put mine on, but I have I have a Demar. I got my Demar Hamlin jersey. So good thing for the for the Bills, uh, and a good thing for Demar Hamlin. We'll end the show with Lance. You took some pictures on this stadium cruise officially break ground yesterday. They did the unveiling. They did all the ceremony. The stadium's official. 
for 2026. Today, they broke ground and starting construction. Lance, you took some pictures. Uh, anything you saw today? Yeah, it was a little bit too, you know, it, kind of foggy. Like, honestly, the, the, well, the wildfires are, are affecting visibility around here. I'm in, I'm 45 minutes outside of New York City, right, in Westchester, New York, and it's crazy here. The, the Yankee game right now is wild. Like, it's all off the East Coast. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think that, um, you know, I, there wasn't much to see, and I didn't really try to get a great look because I wanted to go look at the training camp merch that just got released. Um, I wear a ton of hats. You know, I was always seeing you with a different one on, but yeah. I wanted to go get a look at the new training camp hats and try to see if I uh, – <laughs> look at him trying to get me. Nope, nope. Got the hand one. Kenny came in says it was a manual jersey. So, um, you know, there wasn't too much to see, but what I want to do for people, I think there is – um, a cool thing to go take a picture each week. And uh, I know Shoop's going to help me with this. So uh, stay tuned to Built in Buffalo. We're going to yeah. uh, take you through the stadium build and kind of give weekly updates. And then at the end, I'm hoping um, somebody that knows some software better than I can, or maybe I'll figure it out, um, can throw together like some sort of time-lapse thing and we can see a cool little uh, weekly rollout there. DF Forever's coming in. Peter, there's many questions around Bill's boards if our OC can implement Kate enough thoughts. Yeah, I, I mentioned if you want to go back maybe 15, 20 minutes ago, we talked about how Dorsey was or mentioned last week how they don't know where they're exactly they're going to fit Kincaid in. And Bill's fans lost their mind on boards, on Twitter, on Instagram. And I think he's going to use them a ton. Yeah, they're already he just made the play of the day at OTAs. OTAs. Go, so it's like he made the play of the day. Josh Allen won. He's going to be used a ton, right? I don't know where exactly. I still think he slides into the slot. I also think – I don't know where he came in late. I'm just – no, I'm not mad at you for asking the question. Great question. I'm just saying if you want to go back, listen to a full explanation, you can go back maybe 15 said uh, minutes. So I do think they're going to use Kincaid a lot. I think they're going to use a lot of 12 personnel with him and Knox. Even Knox mentioned he wants to start running that 12 personnel. They're going to use him as a big slot. They'll double him on the line as a tight end. They're going to use him a lot, right? I think they draft him in the first round to be productive. They like his skill set. He already um, he already said he had the, the play of the day. He caught a pass with going against Milano and Poyer coming over the top. It also helps you have Josh Allen. He's going to be uh, very influential on this team. So, yeah, so great question. No, no, no worries, man, at all. Always ask questions. We, we, do, we do not care when you ask questions, so appreciate it. Uh, Mark Davis is Alex Austin's going to be another Benford. Yeah. Right. Like he has the scheme fit to make sense to be a productive player for the bills, but I don't know if he makes the roster. Right. Lance, you think Alex Austin's probably a PS guy. Well, I was just saying, yeah, I think he's going to have to make a big jump to replace Dane Jackson. I, Dane Jackson's the only guy I can really see being replaced because his contract may leverage the bills to be able to cut him and get some salary cap relief there. Yeah. I don't know the exact contract and wh where that would work out with dead cap. I'll have to look on spot track, but I think Alex Austin's going to be, he's, you know, regarded by many people that, um, that he's supposed to be pretty good. And um, I don't think he necessarily is going to be Benford where he's like starting week one, but I think he could be a guy where he's like getting that CB five spot over a Dane Jackson. I agree. And DF saying, I think Knox would benefit from Kincaid. Yeah, 
I think they both will. I think they're both going to play well off each other. Kenny, appreciate to see you back, my man. It's always Lance and I always enjoy you. We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Lance, I think it's a good place to end tonight's show. If you guys missed this episode of the Buffalo Blitz, you can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And if you prefer the podcast version, it comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Lance, plug the merch and plug our sponsor. Yeah, we're presented by Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code BLITZ when you sign up at underdogfantasy.com or on the app, and you will get a deposit match from $10 to $100. Uh, don't forget to check out Hilton Buffalo Facebook page. Go to our merch shop and uh, really cool shirts out there. Just uh, got a hold of Stevie Johnson yesterday. Uh, got him to sign one. We've got a Stevie Johnson Why So Serious shirt out there uh, available on the merch shop. Um, super comfortable, nice looking. It's very sharp and uh, the detail is incredible. So uh, go out there, check out the BIB merch. We got hats, all that stuff. So go check it out. Um, I was out wearing it all yesterday um, around town. So I uh, had to retire it for tonight's show. But um, yeah, go out there, check it. I think the easiest way is going to be to go to our Facebook page, Built in Buffalo uh, on Facebook, and get the um, merch link right from the bio. Yeah. DF, you, got, you two make a great combo. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll see you next Tuesday. You're on YouTube, so come back to the Built in Buffalo YouTube next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you missed this episode, you can always listen to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify tomorrow morning or wherever you get your podcast. Lance and I will be back next Tuesday. Don't miss anything Built in Buffalo for the rest of the week. Lance will be back with you guys on Thursday with the sit-down. And we have Izzy on Sunday with the Red Zone Report and all the Bills podcasts on the Bill and Buffalo Podcast Network. He was Lance. I was Peter. We'll be back next Tuesday. As always, go Bills. Lance, you're supposed to say go Bills, man. I have Go Bills. Thank you, Lance. See, what was it, your first time? Go Bills. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.